0: Our scripture reading today is from Numbers, chapter 21, verses 4 through 9. From Mount Or, they set out by the way of the Red Sea to go around the land of Edom. But the people became impatient on the way. The people spoke against God and against Moses, Why have you brought us out of Egypt to die in the wilderness? For there is no food and no water, and we detest this miserable food. Then the Lord sent poisonous serpents among the people, and they bit the people so that many Israelites died. The people came to Moses and said, We have sinned by speaking against the Lord and against you. Pray to the Lord to take away the serpents from us. So Moses prayed for the people. And the Lord said to Moses, Make a poisonous serpent and set it on a pole, and everyone who is bitten shall look at it and live. So Moses made a serpent of bronze and put it on, upon a pole, and whenever a serpent bit someone, that person would look at the serpent of bronze and live. Have you ever become impatient along the way if we're honest we've all been there we've all been at that point where we get impatient for me it's always in driving because there's always somebody going too slow in front of me you know or when you get stuck behind one of those school buses that lets out a hundred kids at one time and you might as well just put it in park and just pray because there's nothing else you can do what do we do when we get impatient well i gotta be honest typically what we do is complain when we get impatient we begin to complain about our situation god why did you let this person get in front of me they don't know where the right pedal is you know we begin to complain to god and simply start talking and sometimes We don't even catch ourselves, but we begin to even start talking badly about the person in the other card that we don't even know. Oh, Lord, they must have given them the license for free, no test or anything. And when we complain and it isn't enough, then we begin to blame somebody for our situation. Well, if my wife had not sent me to the store, I wouldn't be stuck in this traffic right now. Or if my boss hadn't sent me out on this errand, I wouldn't be stuck in this construction site in the middle of the day. I mean, we will complain about anything and everything that upsets what we want our day to be or what we want to have. Whatever gets in the way of our desires becomes a source of grief and complaint. Think about it. We will even complain about road work when it might have been just a busted pipe that they have no choice but to fix in the middle of rush hour. They have to fix it, but we'll still complain. Now, I have to admit that the one that really gets to me is when you're in a zone that is 45-mile-an-hour zone, and you have somebody going 25 in front of you, and then you have somebody else pull up beside them and go 25 so you can go nowhere and we begin to complain and the words and the thoughts that come out of our mouths are not very pleasing are they they don't give God any glory they don't celebrate the person in the other cars they don't even recognize that it's gonna be okay we're gonna get to our destination eventually And there are times when we feel justified in our impatience. We explain to God why we are right to complain because it's just not fair. It's just not right that I would have to go through this. Somebody else somehow deserves the traffic jam, and I don't. And do you see how we become self righteous? AND WE ADD INSULT TO INJURY. WELL, THE ISRAELITES HAD BEEN WANDERING IN THE WILDERNESS FOR YEARS. THEIR COMPLAINT WASN'T EVEN ABOUT A THREE-HOUR TRAFFIC JAM. IT WAS ABOUT A WANDERING PERIOD OF NEARLY 40 YEARS IN THE WILDERNESS BEFORE THEY MADE IT TO THE PROMISED LAND. BY ALL ACCOUNTS, ANY OF US THAT GOD MADE TO WANDER THE WILDERNESS FOR 40 YEARS WOULD HAVE FOUND TIME TO COMPLAIN. We would have found found fault with God's plan and said, wasn't there a more direct way? We would have pulled up Google Maps and said, Lord, it should have only taken seven days. And we would have argued with God. The Israelites weren't even happy with the meals they were getting. They were in the wilderness and they... God, the privilege of eating manna seven days a week. From bread from heaven. Now, if I gave you a choice of one meal that you could eat for 40 years, sweet bread would not be your choice. I mean, honestly, I would pick pizza because you just change the toppings and you're okay. But they had been eating. Bread from heaven that God gave them daily and on the, on the, on the sab, before the Sabbath they collected for the extra day and they had that every single day. And looking at that, you and I would say they had a reason to complain. How can you have bread every day for that long? And we read from scripture that at times they did complain about the diet and God gave them some, some meat right? And God gave them some water to drink. Yet as they were going on their journey, they became impatient because God put them on another scenic route, detour, around Edom. And they began to speak against Moses and against God. They complained about their condition They began to question the trip that they were on in the first place. Couldn't you have just left us in Egypt where we had food all the time? See, they had forgotten they had been slaves in Egypt. They had forgotten that they had been oppressed in Egypt. And now all they could look at was their current situation. And they didn't understand what God was doing with them. When we don't understand what God is doing with us, it is easy to join the complaining. Because we really don't understand, and we begin to ask the questions, why, Lord? Why did you bring me out into this wilderness? Why did you bring me out here where there is no food and no water? Why, why, why? And we all ask the question of why at some point or another. And sometimes I feel like we have more questions than God provides answers for. Not because he doesn't have the answers, but because he only answers when he chooses and how he chooses. You know, sometimes I feel we've gotten spoiled by technology and we think God is Google or Alexa. And we can just ask a question and we're going to get an instant answer. We've gotten spoiled. We think God is somehow our personal butler, as if God, who created the heavens and the earth, should need to come at our beck and call and do whatever we want at a moment's notice. Even though the Israelites grew impatient with God, Moses and their situation, their complaints led them to forget all that God had already done for him. You see, when we're busy complaining, we're not counting our blessings. When we're busy complaining, we're not counting what we have, we're counting what we don't have. We're not considering what God has already done, we're asking about what God is going to do in the future. And we don't appreciate all that God has already done to reach us and to help us the ISRAELITES HAD ALREADY BEEN DELIVERED FROM SLAVERY IN EGYPT, BACKBREAKING SLAVERY FROM Pharaoh's HAND THAT EVEN DIRECTED THE KILLING OF THEIR FIRSTBORN MALE CHILDREN. YEARS OF BEING OPPRESSED. GOD HAD GIVEN THEM PROVISIONS TO MAKE IT IN A WILDERNESS WHERE ANYBODY ELSE WOULD HAVE STARVED AND WOULD HAVE PERISHED. WATER, from a rock. I mean, only God could do that. God had kept them safe throughout their journey from a lot of perils, and God had repeatedly shown mercy to them because when they messed up, God always provided a way for them to turn back to Him and to continue to be in His grace. You know, most of us, if we had been betrayed by somebody who we made a covenant with, would have said, you get, you get three tries. If you don't get it, you're out. But how many times did God forgive the Israelites? And how many times did God continue to work with them to try to get them to that promised land as he had told them he would? And how many times did he spare them from the wrath that they rightly deserved. Well, after the people spoke against Moses and God, the Lord sent poisonous serpents among all the people, and they bit the people so that many Israelites died. Now, if I asked you about your preferred ways to die, I have a feeling that poison would not be one of your top ones. Can you imagine what it must have been like to get bit by one of these snakes and go? My neighbor got bit by one of these, and he is five feet under right now. That's what awaits me. To live out whatever amount of time it took that poison to work as your body began to have the experience of that poison shutting down your system. It must have been a terrible death. It must have been agonizing to know that there was no cure, that there was no anti-venom, that there was nothing they could do. Can you imagine the panic that must have been in the hearts of the people when they began to realize that death was coming for them? You know, sometimes it's only when we get desperate with a scenario that has no hope that we truly turn to God and humble ourselves before him. Sometimes we just hit rock bottom where we can't see up, and we ask God for mercy. The people had spoken against Moses and God, so they didn't even dare go before God themselves. They said, Moses, but we know we messed up. We spoke against you. We spoke against God. Pray to God that he will take away these poisonous serpents. Moses was a better person than I am. Because he didn't go, hey, weren't you just trash talking about me about five minutes ago? Weren't you just saying how bad a leader I was? after I brought you from Egypt and dealt with you throughout the desert and through all your complaining for all these years? No, Moses didn't do that. He he went to the Lord and he prayed for the people. He interceded on their behalf. And there are times in our lives when we need people to intercede for us. We can't even find the words to go before God. We feel unworthy. We feel like like our prayers are not going to be heard or, or, or responded to. And we have to go to somebody and say, would you pray for me? Would you pray for me? I need God's mercy right now. I need God to do something in my life right now. And we often have an idea of what we want God to do. The Israelites knew what they wanted. They wanted the snakes out of there. People were dying from their bites. Yet God did not take away the snakes. You know, when we pray, we always ask God to resolve our problem, take away our pain, remove the situation, resolve the strife. But God doesn't always do that. There are times when God says, I'm going to provide a way through this, but you still have to walk in faith. He told Moses, go and craft a poisonous serpent like the ones that are biting everybody. Set it on a pole so that when people get bit, they can look up at that snake and they will live if they do. God didn't take away the suffering of the people. He provided a way through the suffering. He provided a way through the situation. Now, I've never been bitten by a snake, but I have to imagine it's painful. And I can only imagine all these people that are still getting bit on a regular basis. And every time they get bit, they've got a choice to make. Do I look up in faith at that serpent? And do I believe God's word that I will live? Or do I just stay home and die? I wonder how many of them due to the hardness of their hearts refused to look up. How many of them had grown so impatient with God that they just weren't willing to even look up in faith and ended up dying because of it. How many times does God say, here's the way out. Now you got to believe and you got to trust. But he doesn't remove the situation. The Israelites didn't understand what God was doing. But God was working with this perverse generation that had left Egypt and needed to learn to fully and completely trust and believe in the almighty God who had delivered them. You see, you can get the people out of Egypt, but getting the Egypt out of the people takes a lot longer. It takes a lot longer. Throughout the wilderness experience, God was trying to teach them and form them and shape them into a people of faith and a people that walked in faith before God. But that was hard for them because they grew impatient. And they're not alone. We grow impatient when our prayers... For something specific are not answered. It gets harder and harder the longer it goes, doesn't it? Because the ache in our hearts doesn't go away. And sometimes God doesn't give us the answer that we hope for. The Israelites hoped for the serpents to be gone, but God did not grant it. God just made a way through it. Later on, when the Israelites entered the promised land, we are told that the generation that left Egypt did not enter, but a few handful of people that were from that original group actually made it in. All the others passed. It was their children and the next generation that actually made it in. This was because Egypt was so ingrained in them that they weren't able to trust in God like they needed to. The promised land was there for the taking. But for 40 years, they weren't ready to take that land that God had prepared for them. What of Egypt is in us that needs to be left behind so that we can fully trust God to deliver us and take us into the promised land that he has for us. What parts of our life do we need to surrender and stop complaining about so that we can see God's mercy displayed in our lives? God will always make a way through it if he doesn't remove it. He will never put you in a situation where he won't make a way through it or he will deliver you from it. He only asks for one thing, that you put your faith in him, that you trust him, and that you walk in that faith even when you don't understand what he is doing. And that's just hard for us, isn't it? When we don't understand it, to still walk in faith, knowing that the God who loves us knows what he's doing, and he's going to bless us and deliver us in the end. I'm going to open the altar up for prayer as we consider in ourselves what it is that we've been complaining about that we need to turn over to the Lord Rubber bands are easy to find. I'll encourage you to find one and put it on this week and join me and the children in our little experiment. I want you to see how many times you complain before the Lord and how many things you have that you can be grateful and thankful for. Every time you complain... Take that rubber band, switch it to the other side. And mention two things that you're grateful for. And try not to repeat your grateful ones. Try to think of new ones every time. And see how your week goes as you are being mindful of your complaining. You know, there's something about having to keep track. That makes us realize how much we're doing it. I'm almost afraid that I'm going to come with some marks on my wrist after the week. Because it's our natural tendency to complain. And how can we turn our complaining into thanksgiving? Because God has already been so good to us. We have so much to be thankful for. So, if there's anything in you that represents the old self, the Egypt in you, that you need to leave behind, the altar is going to be open. I'm going to invite you to just come forward and say, Lord, I want to stop complaining about this. I want to turn this over to you. I want to walk in faith in this area in my life. And I want you to bring it and leave it here at the altar. Let us worship as the altar is open.